0: I honestly think it's learning how to look inward without judgment and to understand that even within ourselves, there can be distortions. There can Mm. be things like it's okay to realize that you were wrong about something. It's okay to realize you need to grow somewhere. Like, I think that stops a lot of people from actually the ego doesn't like say that we have this random example but like an argument with someone and and our ego naturally wants to protect to defend and justify but when we look inward and we get to know ourselves so well there's nothing left to justify anymore because we're in touch with the deepest parts of ourselves and when we make a mistake if we do we can own it and like adjust it and it really can be liberating
1: Hey babe, are you overwhelmed and burnt out by never ending to-do lists, constantly giving your time to others and feeling out of balance in your personal life? And are you ready to get absolute clarity on your life's purpose and activate the best version of you? Then it's time to ignite that inner fire and rediscover the fierce, confident woman you are born to be. Welcome to The Beam Life, where myself and other guests empower you to take steps toward the life you want so you can truly be everything and more. I'm Caitlin, your empowerment coach, new bestie, and lover of all things leopard print. It's time to get this party started, y'all. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the beam life podcast. As always, I'm so grateful that you tune in every week. And if this is your first time here, welcome. I have a very special guest, Nicole Sartini, psychotherapist and woman extraordinaire. We are new friends. We recently met in Louisville at a women's conference and just were instantly drawn to each other by our energy and similar life circumstances. So I was like, girl, let's get you on the podcast. Let's have this conversation. And I want to share what you're doing with listeners. So Nicole, how are you? I'm so happy you're here.
0: I am so stoked to be here. That is such an honor to get to participate in this podcast. So thank you so much for having me.
1: Of course, of course, before we dive into all the great things that we have planned for listeners today, please share a little bit about who you are kind of right now in present day and what you're doing.
0: Okay, sure so i always like to start with describing myself first and foremost as a being of love beyond all other labels underneath all those identifiers that we put on ourselves or other people may put on us that is at the core who i most want to be and everything is coming all the labels come from that stem from that place Um, in addition to that i do own an integrative mental health counseling center in louisville kentucky called bridge counseling and wellness and we've expanded to have five locations and about 45 team members. And the thing that makes our practice different is that we offer free yoga and meditation and nutritional consulting for our clients to support whole self-care instead of just the talk therapy piece, which we do also, of course, provide along with med management for, for where that's appropriate. And we also have the Academy of Integrated Mental Health where we train mental health professionals. It's kind of like a boutique uh, CEU training.
1: Oh, cool. Practice. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like, very a cool that we need to get anyway, but with a little bit of flair and a lot of heart.
1: Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that you have that piece of wholeness especially in the, um, in your other practice, because I believe so much. That is what, you know, I do here at the beam life and what I, believe wholeheartedly that we need a well-rounded experience um because we are multifaceted humans you know we have all kinds of things that needs nurturing and yes it starts in our head and in our brain but if we're not taking care of our health of you know moving our body connecting in community um it can only take us so far. So good for y'all for recognizing that and incorporating it into the practice. That's really beautiful. Um how did you get into therapy?
0: Well, and like many clinicians, many therapists, or many people who find themselves on paths of helping others, it of course started on my own healing journey. I you know like many of us experienced plenty of trauma growing up and the way that i i felt drawn toward helping others i started in the field at the age of 19 working with kids wow. who've been removed from uh, their homes because of abuse or neglect and i started there thought that i would stay in that kind of work forever not really feeling particularly motivated by money or anything like that at that point but then when i got pregnant with my son i realized oh goodness I don't know how practical this will be for long-term to just stay in this specific uh, section of this work because the kids, you know, they would go to, if I was gonna be working with full set of kids, how was I gonna pull that off? And, you know, it just wasn't gonna work the same way for me at at that point. So I made some decisions to return to school and to take a different path. And that's what I did. And specifically- well, with integrative mental health, too, you know, my business partner and I, we started, like many clinicians do, just working in community mental health doing community-based work, that sort of thing. But when I met my business partner at a mindfulness, it was called Mindfulness Contemporaries Consultation Group, and it was a group of therapists who use mindfulness in their practices, we met there and realized we had a lot of ways that we were similar in working through our own healing, um, specifically with exercise, nutrition, in addition to just the talk therapy piece. And that's kind of what sprung the idea of starting Bridge.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. I love that integrative part of it. I think that's so great. And how your practice and even you as a person has sort of evolved. Um, And I know we talked a little bit about that too, is that even when business is good and flowing, it's like, we're always evolving as humans. And I think that's beautiful that you have, continue to step into those roles as they present themselves to you, you know? Um, So good, good for you for doing that. And I know you said, you know, like most clinicians, I know for me in particular, being a life coach, I had a similar instance where I felt like I needed what I do and I wasn't finding it. So I kind of stepped into it and created this community. Are there instances in your personal life that have kind of inspired the work you do and the practice that you have now?
0: What you're saying about the process of continual evolving, I think a lot of us who aren't only in that aspect of just thinking, like you you were talking about being multifaceted and, Mm -hmm. and I often think of it as layers of self or of consciousness having like many, many channels, right? And what I've learned about myself is that I don't always lead from thought. Uh, I lead from intuition, or I lead from heart, and it's just kind of pulling me ahead of what mm. my thinking is doing. And in this case, um, that's what I've learned works well for me to keep to keep following that. And as I told you at the summit that we were uh, attending together, yeah. Participating together. Uh, the latest thing that I'm feeling called to work on is using my voice in a larger setting because in the one-on-one therapy office, it's very easy to, you know, you can get in the flow or you have a lot of practice with like reading one specific person's energy, knowing their story, knowing what they particularly want to work on and and responding just to them. And when you're using your voice in something like a podcast or, you know, speaking on a panel or speaking, doing public speaking, in any capacity, you, it's just a whole new set of skills. So I feel like 100%. I'm a baby again, they call it in tarot, they call it like the the fool card or in, 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 Buddhism, they call it the beginner's mind. Like, I feel like I'm re-entering that, but still being called toward it and, you know, having to be comfortable with this being a learning curve, you know? Yeah. And it's exciting, but also brings up a lot of emotion too.
1: It is. I love that juxtaposition of you're a professional in your field. You have your own practice. You've been doing this for so long. You know, you are um, sought after for your skill. And even though you're like up here on this side, right? I love how you're like, I'm down here on this side. And it's like, you've got this massive gap. Um, and a lot of, I would say most people who are given an opportunity or shown, you know, something different, especially if they're so established, they're like, um, I'm not going to go down that route because I'm already, I've worked so hard to get here and this is working, you know? (laughs) Yes. So
0: I I, I tell you what, that has definitely been my experience. Sometimes I'm thinking like, why is it that I'm following this? Because I love my work. I really, really truly. I absolutely sure. love it, but I think I also love the process of evolution and I yeah. love that like internal my spirit. And I also love that in and, pra- in, you know, in the practical, like, you know, career development ways and in all, in all sorts of ways. And if I have learned some skill and some mastery in this small setting, is it possible that I could have a greater impact somehow if I learn to uh, grow more skill around these things that I'm still a be- in beginner's mind with? And so that's what I'm just exploring. And it may turn out that it's not the route for me, (laughs) but I'm going to give it a shot and explore it anyway. And I think that-
1: Yeah, no, at least you won't be left with like, oh, I should have done that. Or what if I had done this? At least we're going to try, right? That's what it's all about.
0: That's right. And and in the process, um, it's also an opportunity to exercise less- judgment around something being good, bad, right, wrong. It's just an exploration. In our culture, there's a lot of like, it's like the end product is so emphasized. And the end product is very valuable also, but there's value in just process and exploration of self and just the act of being in just the act of exploring. And if we look at it in terms of like, you know, the masculine and the feminine characteristics, which, you know, aren't exclusive to specifically to gender, those just characteristics that people hold and embody within themselves, um, you know, flowing into something and falling your heart into something and letting your heart lead is this like, you know, kind of counter to what our culture teaches. Our culture teaches this idea that like, you know, you get a check mark if you do this, if you do that and you do this. And But what do you get if you like explore all crevices of your emotion? If you, what what do you get ex- to if you just practice the state of being with discomfort or being like in situations that are challenging for you? Ugh,
1: that's really beautiful. I love the way you put that. And it's interesting. I have so many things like floating around in my head based off what you said. But the first thing that comes to mind is like when you said those check marks, because having a six-year-old right now, I... Here when she comes home for school and she's like, my teacher gave us all X because we were good. And we did this check mark. And I'm like, okay, I love this. And I also hate this because I'm like, but definition of good, according to who, and what does that mean? And sometimes I'm like, it's so interesting how we, and that's how we were all raised. I mean, it's all check marks. Did you do it or did you not do it? you know and did you do it the way i asked you to do it right so there's all of this conditioning that happens and while some of it is just sort of i guess the way the world keeps order other parts of it i wish were so much more open and i hope that that's what people like me and you and so many others doing the work we do encourages this exploration and I love how you put that masculine feminine energy. Cause I do believe our culture and I, I don't know if you feel the same way is more predominantly like masculine energy driven, like success and drive and hustle and do it and produce and get it out there versus like, well, I do want this, but that might look different by the time I go through the process. And I'm just now arriving at that as a person and understanding what it means to be okay with like, you're saying that self-expiration phase. So I like that we're both in this phase right now, but doing it differently. I think it's really well, cool.
0: Well, yeah. And like the idea of watching and witnessing a young person or young people being in a world where we, where we ourselves are kind of questioning the way that that we're expecting them to like develop. The only thing that I really know to do in response to that is to in some ways be, be a little bit bolder perhaps with Mm -hmm. the other ways of seeing things, expressing the other ways of, of, um, being a part of the world, because there's gotta be outliers in order to do any sort of negotiation, right? If we're going to negotiate, if we are in, you know, quote unquote, masculine, Kind of society and the expectations and the way we're raising our children are such, then that means that those of us who've become who've cultivated enough courage to be outliers and to kind of push the boundaries a little bit are actually helping to bring something that maybe is a little bit healthier in the middle, yeah. and that's part of why I think doing that inner work and looking inward to see, okay, so like your your puzzle piece and your best version of you is going to look completely different than mine
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i'm not going to know what mine is unless i'm able to be still enough and to stop thinking about what everybody else's ideas of success are and look internally and see what is it that i'm feeling called to what is it with my unique set of experiences my unique gifts my unique ways of being able to see the world can i offer that that kind of adds something that that maybe is using a, maybe it's a similar concept that exists, but like it's, you my own, my own voice or my own way of expressing it, that, that is unique to me. How can yes. we do that? And then hopefully show other ways of being in the world, because really ultimately what we want kids to do and what we want ourselves to do and any of our listeners to do is to be able to experience the most glorious version of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, you Know you can't check mark that off because see, my glorious version is different than yours and our our daughters, because I have a six-year-old daughter as well. Theirs yes. are gonna different too. So just kind of continuing to remind them of that multifacetedness that exists with all of within all of us, and that nobody holds the authority on all aspects of, of us but us. I mean, exactly. we can listen and learn from each other, we can learn from a teacher, we can learn from a therapist or or a podcaster, right? But Ultimately, we have to check inward and see, does this resonate with me? Does this match up with my truth? And I think, you know, us learning how to to do that and becoming better at doing it for ourselves is one way that we can kind of bring about more change in those areas.
1: Ah, uh, I have chills with that because, you know, it it really this is sort of off topic on what we're going to talk about, but I'm not sure anything's off topic because it's just sort of conversation. Right. But it gets me thinking because I always go back to like my parents' generation, they're in their sixties. And a lot of that generation was not exposed to therapy and the way that maybe our generations and younger is exposed. And it was like, if you're in therapy, it's because you are mentally unwell, something is wrong with you. um, You need help. Right. And so what I think is really, I would love to know from someone who is in the field as actually doing therapy to clarify what it's like having a therapist, even if you're not diagnosed with being, having like a mental, um you know a mental health uh need for, per se right like do you find that a therapist is helpful even if you don't have some of those other things that would technically be under that umbrella
0: oh my goodness absolutely i think leave the labels at the door if they're oh, helpful amen for you, that's fine um for, for me like i've never found them particularly helpful What Mm -hmm. I find helpful is being able to sit across the person. Now, this is as a therapist myself or having been a client myself as well. Either way, I'm looking for collaboration. I'm looking for equality. I'm looking for a joining of the heart, a joining of the mind, a joining of the intuition and an ability to hold space to explore and kind of put those two you know, two selves together in order to see if we can kind of cover more, or build more insight. Yes. Absolutely. It could be helpful for anyone. I, I love that. I think the key is just to remember that no matter what, it is always you that's walking the path. It is you mm. that's doing the healing. And speaking of check marks, we don't want to just, you know, check mark up a well, lot. I went somewhere and I thought about something mm-hmm. or I said something we're looking for real embodiment and no one can embody your healing and nobody can embody your truth, but you, so that's so good. Yeah. It's helpful. And it's, it can be inspiring and useful for anyone. And it is still your path.
1: Ah, yes. I'm so happy you said that because that's, I feel so similarly where we should take the stigma off mental health that it's like, if you're seeing a therapist, something is quote unquote wrong with you. I feel like it's the opposite. If you're not seeing a therapist, it's like, what's wrong with you?
0: <laughs> right. It's to me, a sign of like a willingness to look inward. Sure. That is yes. Powerful. That oh, that's good. is empowering. How do you know what you're, what you're working on, um, overcoming or accepting or growing if you're not finding some way to look inward, and then also honestly having a space to say it out loud and to be challenged in some situations. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there's a healthy amount of challenge that can come when you're saying something out loud to someone. And also sometimes the challenge just comes from yourself because you're yes. saying it out loud and you're like, oh, wait. I did, what's happened for me at various times is um, I would be speaking in a particular way and I would realize mid-sentence, I that's actually not what I think anymore. That's the old version of me that's still mm. talking here. And I would just realize it mid-sentence because I was in a space where I was, a, I was given the opportunity to explore um, and, and say out loud what was going on internally. And when I did it, I realized, oh, wow, I've shed that part. I'm, I'm, there's like this ghost version of me that's trying to cling on, but that's actually not how I feel anymore. And that is in itself incredible.
1: And liberating, so liberating. Yeah.
0: Well, and and we also know that when we are just the, just the practice of being in a space where we feel safe, supported, and we're building insight, that in itself, in fMRI scanners has shown that it will, um, it can help move like difficult emotions, every time we remember our trauma, our pain, our, our story, we remember the last time we remembered it. So if we can do it in a safe space and we're able to build insight, when it comes back in the memory, it can eventually move from the from the amygdala all the way up to the prefrontal cortex. And we have data that that shows that,
1: that. shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. I I feel like I knew that, but then hearing you say that makes sense that the way we remember is the last time that we remembered
0: Yes, memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That really hit home with me just now when you said that. Cause I'm like... The beam life is more than a podcast. It's a sisterhood designed to encourage and empower women to take steps toward the life they really want and deserve. I want to invite you to our exclusive yet inclusive free community. Don't miss out on the monthly community calls, mini events, member spotlights, opportunities for giveaways and prizes, and so much more. Join me and other women just like you today by clicking the link in the show notes or head to the beam life, build your dream life community on Facebook. I can't wait to see you there. into like, Part of my soul really was like, Why weren't you a neurologist? Mm -hmm. Um, because I have a deep fascination with our brain. Um, and I know why it's because I hate school, but I am also (laughs) in love with the there's so much things that we don't even know about the power of our brain that hasn't even been discovered. And that to me is so exciting. But to know that there is data that actually shows we have the power to heal. We have the power to be different if we desire is so fucking cool.
0: It is. And if you like that stuff, let me just throw some more science down for you here. I love it. And love it. There is a fatty substance called myelin that okay pathways that are used frequently. So every time we practice thinking in a particular way, or even, you know, behaviors like playing the violin or something, you you're that myelin is, is coding that neural pathway in, in a heavier way, the more we practice. Sure. Same thing is true when we're practicing, you know, thoughts about ourselves, for instance. So if we're practicing thinking like, I can never do this, I, you know, I'm the worst in, in um, interactions with people, or I, I, I suck or whatever it is that the person is, is thinking or working through. If, you they keep practicing that, of course, that fatty substance, that myelin, co central pathway, and it becomes more automatic. Mm. So, what we do in therapy is instead of going all the way to the side and saying, if, if someone feels like, let's just use an extreme example, they feel like they suck, okay? Mm-hmm. And telling themselves that if we try to all of a sudden go, I'm a goddess, say in your mirror, like sure. you're a goddess. Like that's, that's too big of a jump for the brain to make without arguing with itself. I'm not saying it's not possible for people, but, it, but what we've seen is that actually it can be more effective to take a stair step over to something that's more empowering, but still believable. So we oh, may love start that. by having a modifier such as I might be wrong that I suck, or I'm open to the possibility that I don't suck. And then over time, move that thought over and over. And then that becomes the practice thought. So honestly, there's some tools that are available to us and people sometimes want to make the work more complicated than it needs to be. Trust me, I know it is complicated. (laughs) There's so many layers to healing. I mean, goodness gracious, we're just talking about this one little aspect. But also sometimes if you know how the brain works or you know something about um, the tools that are available to you and you actually embody them and implement them, you may see benefits within yourself and in your patterns of thinking. So, ah,
1: thank you for sharing that. That's really powerful because I think there is sometimes, you know, at least what I've experienced, I can't say in general, I, I hate generalized statements from my experience. I have come across clients that think that some of this is very woo woo or, um, spiritual or like, what do you mean? If I think of that, it'll happen that it could be like, what are you talking about? And what I, this is why I love science is I'm like, okay, yes, the power of belief and what we say to ourselves does sound woo woo, but let's like actually look at data. Let's actually look at science this is not woo woo. This is like real shit happening that is accessible, that we have access and knowledge to. And there's professionals like yourself out in the world who are facilitating these things. And I think the more we can spread the news that this is real, this is available. Um, I think the world could be a far better place than where we're at right now, you know,
0: Right. And what, what's so funny to me is that I like have explored both aspects of these things of spirituality and of the science piece, and they overlap in so many places. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't matter where you fit on that continuum. The information itself, it can still be embodied the same. Another example is brain priming where like you expect to see something. This is something that people consider. We were just kind of referencing yes. that. Yes. Yes. So there is a study that was done in the seventies and replicated many times since where there's, there's a circle of basketball players and the study participants were to count how many times do the players pass the ball back and forth Mm
1: -hmm. in
0: the middle of this passing the ball back and forth. And it's the counting a person in a gorilla suit comes to the middle and they're doing this for like 10 seconds. And would you believe that the participants that were watching that video did not see the gorilla? They did not see the gorilla because they didn't expect to see a gorilla in the middle of what they were doing, right? When they watched it again, after the the researcher told them, did you see the gorilla? And they were like, what? And then they knew to look for it, they saw it. So what does that tell us about Mm. how our attitudes or what we expect to see may actually really influence our lives? And Ooh, I'm not encouraging good. some sort of toxic, pox, uh, you know, positivity either. I think it's important to be able to face difficult emotions and learn how to move through those because life's going to have ups and downs. Period. No matter sure. how much we elevate the baseline of our emotional health, but again, having the understanding and these tools in your pocket to know, well, I actually do have some authority. Otherwise, life is just dragging you along. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and like, as far as I'm concerned, I want to be supervising that. I want to be the person that has the authority over my thinking patterns and in, in any other aspects of my life that I can. And I would encourage my clients and, and our listeners, you know, to do the same if, if possible to them, if they feel that oh, same drive. to maintain abs- that Absolutely.
1: I love that. Elevating your baseline. It's so important. Uh, just thinking about No matter how much we do that, yes, of course, there's going to be ups and downs. But the more we can bring our base up, Mm -hmm. you know, the easier, like the further when it's down here, we have the further to fall, you know, versus Mm -hmm. when we raise it, it's like okay, catch us a little bit, we're okay.
0: You know, you know know, the irony of that is like we're raising the baseline in many ways by just facing the things that that scare us, facing Mm -hmm. facing the difficult emotions. That is taking the power out of those things and saying okay, like. I can, I can like, I could face this, I could be with this. And then if you don't mind something so much, then it doesn't bother yes. you so much, right? If you can yes. get out of the, if we, if we, because we're all doing this work together, if we can get out of the space of judging every moment, like when we have those feelings come up and we're feeling a little off, we can say, okay, I know my tools yes. I know what to do. This is where I am right now. Let me take some deep breaths. Let me get out in nature. Let me call a friend. Let me... Do a meditation, uh, let me get so beautiful, gym, whatever I need to do to pull it back. But at the same time, just accept that oh, this is where I am in this moment. Yes, and Sometimes it's just being still with the emotion. Sometimes it's literally just letting the thoughts about it go and just feeling the feeling. Cause you know, you don't have to think every feeling you have, you can feel it, right? The story, Absolutely. the rumination can be let go of. And we can just be with the feeling itself and allow it to digest and move through us. And in mm-hmm. doing that, we literally raise our baseline. It's like, you know, it's like not much can it, it can stop yes. you at that, that point. Because if you know that you can trust yourself to to move through any emotion or any difficulty or challenge that comes your way, then then you're you're really able to become that most glorious version of yourself.
1: Yes, or at least access Absolutely. it. Absolutely,
0: none of us are in it every moment of every day, but we sure. access it more frequently.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of what we're talking about here is what you kind of specialize in is this mirror work and also this radical self-acceptance. We just haven't really labeled that, said that. So these are words I feel like I follow. Maybe it's because I personally follow a lot of therapists or mental health space, but I feel like a buzzword right now is mirror work or self-acceptance, especially radical self-acceptance. So as a psychotherapist and a professional, because you've dropped so much wisdom on us already, but what is that exactly? What is it, what does it mean to be doing mirror work or I guess shadow work? It's basically, it's similar, right? You use them in tandem.
0: Sure. Um, I think mirror work is a form of shadow work, but I would love to talk about this because we were just mentioning the importance of like claiming a little bit of authority over our own sense of well-being. Yes. Of accepting that sometimes our culture can be a little bit codependent that we look for mm-hmm. other people to like, you know. And, and while it is true that we're we need to have a sense of belonging like on our hierarchy of needs, of course we need to have that for like it's biologically wired in us for our survival. Maintaining a sense of sovereignty over our well-being is extremely valuable. And what I have learned about mirror work is when we are triggered by something outside of ourselves. So I'll give you an example. I was in a relationship um, at one point where the, the person, they, they magnified any flaw that I had and they minimized their own, Okay.
1: Got it. Yep. And that, Very would familiar.
0: that would get to me so much. And I was like, and I would like want to argue this. And I'd be like, this is, you were doing this. And I had no authority when I was doing that. When I switched to doing mirror work and I said, instead, okay, I don't like this is happening. This is really triggering something to me. And I looked inward and said, is there anywhere that I'm doing this? And what mm. I found was I did the same thing to myself. I was magnifying my flaws and minimizing my accomplishments. And that's I thought, really I'm going to stop this. I'm not going to do that anymore to myself. I can't control what this person's doing other than putting my boundaries up and, you know, just sure. understanding that I can love people from a distance and and that's the decision I made in that relationship. But I could do something with my own thinking pattern. I could work with my own internal voice. So that's in a good example of mirror work. Um yes. when people say when people say shadow work, what, what's meant there in general is this idea of aspects of that are kind of not fully conscious to us. Things oh, that are not things that were not um, that are not easily available unless we do that inner work and intentionally look under like you're it's like you're kind of looking under the rocks and you look, this the rock being your discomfort essentially or your your pain or your struggle, like you're looking at like, well, what's under there? What's that and so um an example would be for, you know, I was telling you that I want to explore using my voice in a larger way. And yes. I had a lot of discomfort with that. And what I found when I was kind of doing my shadow work was that I I had a lot of feelings about the idea of power. My early examples of power were frightening. They were not reliable. And and I was lumping my idea of power. And putting something like power itself is neutral, but sure. I was taking my humanness and my human experience and I was like labeling power as something that was like bad. And so every time I would make progress in this particular area, something would feel but I would feel like I was doing something wrong. And, mm-hmm. and so I like looked and I started and I'm still an exploration of this. I'm still exploring this. I'm like, okay, so if power itself is neutral and it's the humanness that we bring to it,
1: Oh, that, so good! That makes
0: it this or that, or you know, you can have power and be empowered and serve the world. You can have yes. power and respect yourself and others. You can have power and ser- literally serve the greater good while having delight and enjoying yourself. Because it doesn't have to be. You have power, and it's power over. Like people like you and I, we believe in power with. And Absolutely, that kind of power, like i can i can get with that so now as i'm exploring this i'm like okay so if i inherently just because this you know if this happens to be a gift that i'm lucky enough to be able to have um i can at least let go of any judgment that i may have subconsciously had because it's not like i was sitting around thinking like you know power is bad like it wasn't like that i had to investigate it i had to go deeper Mm -hmm. i had to meet my discomfort and just Kind of poke and prod and explore it a little bit.
1: Yes, I really resonate with that with my exploration. It's more present day with money because, mm. you know, I have always desired to build an empire, create wealth, and be driven with the desire to do that. And parts of me, when I first, before this exploration that I've been doing, Felt really guilty about that. And I was like, why do I feel guilty about wanting to make money? Why do I feel guilty about wanting to have a big business and to like create this massive impact that I do? Why is there guilt attached to that? That's weird because I don't want to do anything bad with it. <laughs> I want to do good. Like, I want to do big, good things. And sometimes money, like you said, power is attached to being able to make big impact, do big things. And so I really had to like explore why I felt that way. What was going on? What was the deepness there? And it was really truly that it was from a lot of the stories that I had been told that people with money do bad things or that they're powerful. They're greedy. They, you know, don't help people. They're only for themselves. And if you want to be successful in business, you can't want to make money. You got to want to help people. And I'm like, but I do want to help people. Of course, Mm -hmm. like that's my number one motivator. And so I love what you're saying because everything really is neutral. It's gray, but it's Mm -hmm. us as people who label, this is good. This is bad. This is whatever.
0: Oh my gosh yeah. and do you remember the statistics that we were exposed to when we were at that last women's conference where we met talking yes. about how women who hold wealth most are more frequently and reinvest that into the actual community like by like yes. you know 95 percent more frequently than me. so like again not to label anybody because i'm sure plenty of men are generous as well sure. But i have to say that it's interesting you mentioned that I did not say this part of starting bridge, but when we, you know, mental health is a female dominated field. Mm-hmm. And when I worked in community mental health with a master's degree that took twice as long as most master's degrees, I was making one third of the amount of money of my male partner at the time who wow. sat and played video games all day. Okay. I'm probably exaggerating. I, I think I am exaggerating a little bit. I'm sure he did things, but like, yes. He he didn't have a master's degree, and he wasn't keeping people from you know committing suicide. I was working sure. with people who were in you know experiencing poverty, and they were in the direst straits, and I was putting my heart and soul into this. and And I was like, you know, this is, he was in a, a male dominated field in and, and computers, and I was in a female dominated field, and that did not sit right with me. And mm. that's part of the reason too why we started our practice. Most of the people that work at our business are earning twice as more as they did in their previous jobs and working half as many hours and they're actually able to do their best work. It's really hard yes. to do your best work when you're struggling financially. Absolutely. So i just to share that in the and, and I'll tell you this too speaking of like, you know, masculine and feminine characteristics and that taking money for the first time as a clinician, like, I was like, I love this work and I want to help people. And this doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. Um, It was a learning journey to work through that. And now, um, you know, I'm paid very well for my individual work and I'm able to do volunteer work because of that. And the business is doing wonderfully and I am reinvesting in the, in the community and people can make judgments no matter what we do. Uh, always we have to be in a lot to know that we're in alignment with our values. And as long as we're doing that, um, I think we can't get distracted by the rest of that. It's just going to have to go. Yeah, We're busy really actually doing stuff and yes. actually helping people. Right. <laughs> you're, you're
1: so right. And that people will have opinions literally like you charge too little, you charge too much. It's always going to be one thought or the other. And that is, you know, I said On actually, the podcast that just released today, I was talking about vision, and I was like, "It's not someone else's responsibility to hold our vision, to hold our thoughts, to hold our beliefs. It's our responsibility." Mm -hmm. And before we kind of wrap up, I'd love to know because we've been talking about so much good stuff, but a lot of it ultimately, like if I were to like narrow it down, comes down to taking responsibility for our growth, for our healing, for our, you know, desires and from your personal experience, what is the magic in taking responsibility versus, you know, obviously just sort of being like, well, whatever happens, happens kind of thing.
0: I honestly think it's learning how to look inward without judgment and to understand that even within ourselves, there can be distortions. There can Mm. be things like, it's okay to realize that you were wrong about something. It's okay to realize you need to grow somewhere. Like, I think that stops a lot of people from actually the ego doesn't like it say that we have this, random example but like an argument with someone and and our ego naturally wants to protect to defend and justify but when we look inward and we get to know ourselves so well there's nothing left to justify anymore because we're in touch with the deepest parts of ourselves and when we make a mistake if we do we can own it and like adjust it and it really can be liberating to be able to do that and it it diminishes so many distractions of like self-judgment and resistance and and defending and justifying and it just allows us to continue evolving and to to get the noise out of the way so that we can really understand what is it that yes. we have to offer this world that respects both ourselves and the world around us and to uh, me that is good that's the that's the driving force. And the more of us who do that, the more of us who step into that real authentic, deep knowing of self mm-hmm. and understanding that, you know, in the same way, that same courtesy, we can extend to other people, of course, yeah, you know, we, we, we it's okay, if we see our area, you know, that doesn't mean that we're gonna like everybody. That doesn't mean we don't need to put boundaries up. But we can still underneath all that understand, okay, being a human's a little bit tricky and hard and, and sometimes our brains distort things based on our own histories and our own, um, yes. Eckhart totally calls it your pain body, like our own, like the things that we carry and the lessons that we're learning and the difficulties we've had, something that upsets you or you are sensitive about may be completely different. I, I might have a problem with that, but I might have something that I'm like, oh, when this happens, I just really don't like it. And you might be like, really? That is a yeah, no
1: big deal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So like just understanding that and just, and just holding it all, holding that understanding lightly and just doing our best, you know, to have compassion for ourselves and for other people as we, as we intend to continue evolving and assuming the best in some cases too, is is helpful
1: about ourselves and other people. Ah, I really resonated with when you said being okay with knowing that you're wrong sometimes or just accepting and knowing who you are. A lot of that is powerful for me. And like my personal coming out story as an adult, because I have people that surrounded me that have a pretty strong religious or view on what it means to be gay or queer or anything like that. And I think that, you know, these are people who I truly love and adore. And, you know, I've had comments or people's thoughts that if you're gay, that must mean that you're either going to go to hell or that you're wrong or that you're something screwed up with you mentally. And you know, I could use all my energy in the world to combat that and try to prove something. And I'm like, but I don't need to. And a lot of that is like, let me just be me. And maybe one day people will see maybe I was wrong about this, like, you know, and if they don't, they won't, but if it's okay, because having that deep understanding and love for who you are as a human Mm -hmm. is super profound. And that took, it's, it's been a journey. It's been an evolution. It's been a part of, you know, just all this growth that I've been doing so that I can, I know that if I'm growing and evolving, like we talked about at the very beginning, i can best serve because i'm whole right and we want to be whole humans um and so yeah i just i love that you said that because i think that for ourselves being open to the possibility of being wrong but to also know that other people can be wrong too and you don't need to prove that anything
0: <laughs> and that's actually really key for also for a sense of of safety and well being in the world because if you don't know yourself and you haven't done that inner work and you're not aware of those things you can start thinking somebody else's truth is yours. You could have started thinking. You really yes. could have gone the path. Well, oh my gosh, I am going to hell. I am. Yes. You could have absorbed that as your own truth. So part of it too is just like you know really understanding yourself, so you don't get fooled by other aspects or other people's judgments or or, or projections on.
1: Yes. You. Yes. Ah, this good has been you. such yeah. a good conversation. I'm like. You know, it's going to be one of those ones that everyone's going to have to like pause, like, let me absorb that. Okay. That was really good. Let's press play. Pause again. Let me absorb. It was so good. Thank you so much for just being your full authentic self and showing up with all of your amazing neuroscience. That was like totally great for me. I loved all that. And, And, and just, you know, wisdom, but where can, you know, I know listeners are gonna be like, we want some more of this vibe that she's got going on. So where can people connect with you best?
0: So, as I said, I am learning, uh, to, to do work in different ways in the world. Uh, I have, I'm currently working on a website for, for that personal work, but right now I can be found at Eden side sanctuary on Instagram for my personal work and at bridgemindbody.com for my business
1: amazing. I'm going to drop both of that in the show notes for listeners so they can easily just click and connect with you. And Nicole, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You are just that. beaming. I appreciate thank you, you so much,
0: Caitlin. It was such an honor to be here. Thank you. Yeah. thank
1: you. Thank you for listening to the beam life. I'd be so honored if you would take a sec to leave a review. Ready to take the next step and join the sisterhood? The Beam Life community is a place where you can just take off the mask, feel seen and form authentic connections with other like-minded kick-ass women. We do not do surface level shit in that group, babe. Click on the link in the show notes or head to the Beam Life Create Your Dream Life community on Facebook. I can't wait to see you there.